Good day to the wisdom community. This is Reverend J. Stewart Glover, and I'm thankful to be here today. Uh, my topic for today is God is able to change lives. God is able to change lives. And my point is that we, I believe in a God who is able, ready, willing, and able to partner with you in making your life a better life to make this world a better place. And I believe that there is no one that is beyond God's ability to uh, have an impact on their life for the better. As a uh, biblical example, I always like to turn to the, the story in the book of Acts. It's in the ninth, uh, the ninth chapter of the book of Acts where we find Saul, who was later called Paul, his life being interrupted and in fact changed. <clears throat> so again, I don't intend for this to be a preaching platform. If you so desire, you can come in and, and add your thoughts about we're offering a little testimony as to um, how God has changed your life. I am expecting a guest to come on today to talk about her new book. Dr. Um, Laquita Manley is, is um, celebrating the launch of her new book. She may stop in here today. But until she comes, a little bit about the fact that God is to change people's lives. And, and the biblical story that we talk about comes from the, that I'd like to talk about, comes from the book of Acts in the, in the ninth chapter. Um, in verses one and two, we find that <clears throat> uh, it gives a, a bit of a insight into Paul's or Saul's problematic history. It says, the Bible says, uh, Saul was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He even went to the high priest and asked him for asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, and the way is what they called the followers of Jesus back then, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So Saul, who, who we know later became the Apostle Paul, um, was so enthusiastic about persecuting the followers of Christ that he sought out a special permission in writing from the high priest. He, he, um, this, this letter would give him permission to capture and arrest any of the followers of Jesus and bring them to Jerusalem for trial and punishment, perhaps even death. And so Saul stood firmly against Christ. He rejected Christ um, as Messiah. Saul was a Pharisee. His father was a, a Pharisee. So Saul was highly educated in the tradition and the laws of the Jewish faith. He had a, he had a zeal for God, but he was the embodiment of zeal combined with or co-mingled with pure evil when it came to encountering um, followers of Jesus. He wanted to punish and exterminate those who believe something different than his own religion. He wanted to stop the spread of what he considered to be a, a blasphemous religion, right? He, he was on a mission to, he was to persecute the followers of Jesus, who again were referred to as the followers of the way. So now we have peeked into Saul's problematic history, but you know, 
we can also be reminded of our own problematic history. Mine, uh, before I knew the Lord, was quite chaotic. Um, and we should all offer a prayer of thanksgiving to God for even uh, looking our way and saving us, as they say. So as we continue to look at, at Saul's journey, we also see the, the power of his encounter with Christ. The Bible says that as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly, which is one of my favorite words in the Bible, suddenly a, a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground. Well, I guess I got to take a moment to say this. We often hear people tell this story and talk about Paul being knocked off his horse. I don't read anything about a horse here. So let's just say that um, he fell to the ground and, and a light from heaven flashed from around him. So now let's see it. Let's look at this. Um, Saul was taking his show on the road and he was on the road well into a 150 mile journey to carry out his his diabolical plan. And the Bible says suddenly a light flashed from heaven. The light was dispatched from the heavens and it served as the announcement of the coming of the voice of the Lord. The Bible says Saul, he fell to the ground. He was knocked off his feet. Oh man, this reminds me of myself when I, when I first was strongly drawn to the Lord in the middle of my lifestyle. So this powerful leader in this community, the powerful leader in the community had his life changed. He had an encounter with Christ. And, and this encounter with Christ changed his life forever. Now, I see that Laquita, Dr. Mondi is in the, in the audience, and I'm gonna ask her to come on in because we are talking about God is able to change lives. And, um, and Dr. Mondi just released a book that clearly articulates how her life has been changed and is still being changed um, so we use the story of Paul's conversion as as an intro into break as a setup, as they say, for bringing Dr. Monley into the audience. And I'm glad she's here today. Hello, Dr. Monley. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm doing good. You might need to speak up a little bit louder. All right. Can you guys hear me now? Yes, I can. If you can just maybe talk into your phone or, but it's good. And I was trying to use my headphones. Is that is that better? A uh, little bit. Okay. A little bit. So, um, so listen, I wanted to jump right into, you know, we're talking about God's changing people's lives. And in, in the context of your book, um, we were looking, I was looking at chapter three and chapter four. Yes, and, um, you know, you talked about becoming. We, we just talked about Paul becoming, leaving who he was and having this encounter with Christ. And um, your life, was interrupted, as they say, um, <laughs> along your journey, and you began to um, receive this vision uh, and a redefining of what you considered success to be. And you said something interesting in, in the third chapter. You know, it says, at times we are more ready to leap into our vision for the future than prepared to manage the vastness of that reality. We want to yes. hurry up and become without realizing the necessity of a well thought out strategy. So there's a there's a um, there's a correlation between your 
rebirth, let's say, or the redefining of your vision and your success and the actual preparation to live it out. Uh-oh. No, I'm still here. Did we lose you? No, there no, you no, I'm still here. I was just trying to block out some of the road noise. Okay. There you go. So, so um, the preparation. So, can you t in your book, you know, you talk about um, being prepared for like where you are now. And I think we one of the interesting that came one of the interesting things that came up was the the um, you know your involvement in the real estate um, business and and you having to be prepared with some information by someone who seems to have mentored you some, somehow along the way. Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's. It's easy. Well, I won't say it's easy sometimes, but when you get a vision, when you have a plan, a thought, an idea of what you want to do in life or a goal that you want to accomplish, sometimes that excitement and, and that we have towards accomplishing that goal, in the midst of that excitement, we fail to plan or we mm -hmm. fail to think things all the way through and not plan it properly. And in this particular situation, um, my husband and I, we knew we did not like where we were, but until we met uh, Curtis, we didn't realize the potential that we had to get the things that we wanted to get. And so uh, through meeting him, that was, I would consider that a divine connection because I, you know, if I had met him before I was a child and I didn't remember it. And so finally listening to my grandmother and making that connection with Curtis was a blessing. It was one of those milestones. And mm -hmm. in our um, building that relationship with him, we were able to see not only was it possible, but we began to put together a plan to cause it to become our reality. Mm -hmm. We were ready for it to happen right then and right there. But were we really actually in that moment prepared to handle the weight of the thing that we wanted? And so the truth of the matter is, no, it took some preparation time. No matter how bad you want a thing, can you handle the thing that you say that you want? And in between the times that you have that idea and the time that you accomplish the goal, what are we doing? Are we preparing? Mm -hmm. uh, and have we truly, as, as, uh, as you said before, have we truly counted the cost? Um, as so far as what it will take for us to get there. You know, the the um, the Bible and the Gospel of Luke, you know, Jesus and the words of Jesus, he says this, he says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower, won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Um, if you can't finish the project, then you've gone into something. If you haven't thought it through, you've gone into something that's, that's over your head. I, I find the same, um, I have great difficulty with uh, people that are in ministry who feel as though they can just wake up and mm -hmm. become a pastor or minister without any preparation. Um, mm -hmm. Often the Lord inspires us and we have a lot of zeal, but there is some some preparation that needs to happen, some learning that needs to happen. And if you don't, if you skip over that, you'll end up um, uh, hurting people instead of helping them. And, and 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 having what we are engaging what we call a ministerial malpractice. So, yes. So so <laughs> I like that. Yes. So we want to be um, uh, we want to uh, be prepared for what it is that we're dreaming about, 
And I just want to take a moment to say to those who are listening that um, Dr. Monley has written a book. It's called um, um, "What Redefining Success. Yes. And, and, and this book is not just about an information, but it's a, it's a book that hopefully leads the reader to the appropriate response that um, places them on a trajectory towards their actual, the transformation of their lives. So if you haven't heard of this book, I, I would encourage you to look at it or go. It's available on Amazon. Get it while it's available. I understand the price is so cheap. It's almost free. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to talk to you about that later on. <laughs> I think you need to up the price point. But anyway, uh, um, uh, it's, it's a great book. And you also talk about... Um, you know, in your learning, you ran into some experiences that caused you to, you had two choices. You could either, um, you know, when the storms come, you say you can either um, go through it or grow through it. So you had yeah. some setbacks, even in the real estate business, that, that you didn't allow those setbacks to paralyze you and stop you from going forward. But you were able to bounce back. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So, you know, it's a part of that counting the cost, right? Mm-hmm. And, and at that time, we realized um, we were getting ready to leave where Cousin Curtis was. And so we still needed the mentorship. We still needed the training. And so we began to look for avenues. And we found a course. And, you know, at, at, at that time, Reverend Glover, we didn't have the pot or the window, amen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't have the pot or the window. So the cost of the course was something we had to learn to sacrifice for and to properly plan for. Now, being transparent at that time, our brains did not engage like that. Right. Like we just saw it as, oh God, that's it. That like that's that was it. it another hump for us to overcome. We didn't see it as a learning experience, but it, we had to properly plan and save, and we were able to um, get the money to get a portion of the course. Mm-hmm. We could not get the course in its entirety because not fully understanding the necessities of investing in yourself and, and proper planning, we got what we thought we could afford. And so we used the strategy. However, with the bits of the course that I did not pay for contained the rest of the answers. Mm-hmm. So when we were when we, we were able to use the strategies to acquire the property, we did everything, and there was one step that I did not learn, and I mm. did not learn it because I had not purchased the entirety of the course. Mm. And because I did not do that step, later the owner of that property was able to come back and take the property. Mm. We could not get our money back, and we were homeless. Mm. We were homeless. We had five kids, five mm. kids and a dog. And my husband had just returned back from his initial, his the first uh, deployment to Baghdad. He was um, with Fourth ID, and he was a part of that Fourth ID company that uh, invaded Baghdad. And so he had been gone well over a year. Mm. And his welcome home was within just a couple weeks. He was homeless. And wow. we were back to not a pot or window. We didn't Mm. have the money to recover from it. We didn't have the money to move into somewhere else. And I had no clue what to do. 
-hmm. There was no one there in our immediate association that had the financial resources that uh, we would need in order to fix this um, mistake. And so I was a young believer. Mm -hmm. I was a young believer. And at this point, my husband was not a believer. So mm -hmm. here I am. He had tasked me with one thing. I had one job. And that one job over the year that he was gone was to learn this course material, use the money that we had saved up, worked hard to save up, and purchase our first property. And I failed. Mm. I absolutely failed with flying colors. Well, I have to interrupt you because you said he wasn't a believer, but he must have believed something because he didn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> he did not leave, praise God. <laughs> so he had hope for a brighter tomorrow. <laughs> you know, in, in our years of marriage and ministry, we've known people to uh, dissolve their marriages for far less. Right. You know, and, and it, one of the things that we love to teach, um, especially to married couples and to singles. When you are connected to the person that God divinely designed you to be connected to, mm -hmm. that's how you weather the storms. Wow. And in this situation, I, you know, I have to throw up both hands and both feet. Mm. I did that. I made that mistake all by myself. Um, and it was it was God. You know, it, it was God that came in and brought a resolution. There was a speedy resolution to the situation, but you, you bring up a very important point that I uh, that I really, really, really hope the readers pick up um, as they're reading this chapter. My husband had all right to be angry with me. Uh, I think there's an old song that says, come out of the bag on me. He had all right, right to do that, so. <laughs> and right, he did right, not. Right. Um, we didn't, he didn't yell. He mm -hmm. didn't scream. Right. You know, he didn't curse me out. Mm -hmm. I told him the problem. We tried to uh, work together with the owner to resolve the problem. They were unwilling to work with us to resolve the problem. And he said, okay. So and here's the thing, though. Here's the thing that you were not paralyzed by this mistake. I mean, it put you into an uncomfortable position, but yet you Absolutely. weren't paralyzed uh, by the mistake the, the, um, and the disappointment. I mean, you talk about bouncing back and, and I'm, my best uh, educated guess is that you actually learned from your mistake. And, and yes, that, I that, did. <laughs> that, you, that won't happen to you again. Whatever that one step was, that won't happen to you again, right? No, sir, not at all. all <laughs> not right, at so all. We have used that strategy many times since then, after we learned what that next step was. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, you know, then you talk about, and, and that leads to, you know, you're talking about, well, let me just say this. Having gone through a, a what you say is a failure, right, or a mistake and a setback, it, um, it prepares you for the next time around. You know that now somebody can't come to you with that sort of proposal, and and because your life has been changed through your experience and your learning, that you can stand up and protect yourself against those type of um, um, things that come against you. And the same, and it's the same way with our spiritual lives. Um, we go through things. If if something happens and we causes us to slip back into the way we used to live, 
before we knew the Lord, you know that um, uh, you know how the how the, the enemy of your well-being will approach you, the weakest chain in your fence, and and you can <laughs> you can learn to 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 fortify that weak spot in your life and not Absolutely. be dragged down by the enemy of your well-being. So we we talk about that. I talk about that because it's it's about discernment and mm-hmm. and and looking at your experience and what actually happens and learning from it. And you weren't paralyzed, and, and you won't do that again. So you know, you talk about you mentioned failing forward, right? Mm, yes, yes. And and that's a that's a, uh, you know, I never heard that term before. Somebody putting it like that, but um, you say we can indeed fail forward. Yes, yes, yes. And in that, it, you you brought up a, it didn't paralyze us in fear. It it did cause us. To become more cautious, um, it calls us to step back and do a lot of evaluating um, how we approach uh, real estate investing and how we would approach it as a couple. Um, and one of the things that my husband brought to my attention that you know was his point of view, and it took me a long time to accept his point of view because I was owning that failure. And one of the things that he said was that his failure was that he did not become more involved. Even though he was away, there were some things that he could have done and perhaps maybe he would have been that second set of eyes to have seen that mixed up, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and so, you know, I thank God for that. I don't I don't totally agree that that was the thing, but that, that failure, it causes us to learn how to properly plan and prepare. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in that failure, we, it did. We continue to move forward towards the direction of our desired result. But what we learned how to do um, in that in that forward movement is identify people, which we'll talk about later, to put on our power team. Identify the subject matter experts that we needed to surround ourselves with so that we could become successful at the thing that we said we wanted to do, which in this particular case was use real estate as a way to uh, obtain and maintain uh, wealth, generational wealth, and, and to leave an inheritance for our children. So failing forward is absolutely something that we should do. Uh, as, as humans, we're always going to have some times where we kind of fall short of the mark. Well, instead of looking at it as something that is final, something that is fatal, you look at it and find the opportunity for growth and find the opportunity for learning. And so that's what we had to do. And um, even from the, the beginning of the book, we, I, I, I can't take credit for all of that. We were very fortunate to, to have people surrounding us that were entrepreneurs that, you know, spoke encouragement to us through this process um, so that we wouldn't give up. Mm-hmm. You know, this, 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 this conversation, you know, it's also related to our spiritual journeys. Um, that's why I like it so much. I mean, uh, let's say a young a person who, who comes into a church family and, and stays there for a while and, and then runs into some um, uh, church mess <laughs> or, or <laughs> yeah. getting their feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they want to leave the church. And then because somebody hurt their feelings, next thing you know, they're running around every church in the city trying to find a perfect church. Uh-huh. And, and, and uh-huh. meanwhile, there is no such thing as a perfect church. 
Exactly. And and, and um, so um, what we're what I'm saying is that we have to have a different response to rejection, um, failures, um, and things that are not um, go go along with our way of thinking. We have to uh, come back in a way that produces a win-win situation for both sides. Right. Right. And and that's that's real good because, like you said, whether it is our walk with Christ, you know our affiliation with a local ministry or, you know, um, marital journey, business journey, we can't allow failures to paralyze us or to cause us to backpedal. We can't allow it to paralyze us to where we're not forward movement and we're just stagnant. And we definitely can't allow it to cause us to draw back and to go back to, you know, old ways of thinking and old ways of doing. Mistakes are gonna happen. It's how we respond to them um, that matters. A uh, uh, scenario that I'd like to use is, you know, when you learn how to cook, the, depending on who taught you how to cook, they taught you how to put out a grease fire. Mm-hmm. What we learned was our response matters. How we respond matters in any given situation, especially in a rough situation. If I respond to that grease fire by putting water on it, I'm going to burn my house down. Mm -hmm. And uh, at a minimum, my kitchen, that stove area. But because I was taught how to properly put out the grease fire and not to panic, I know how to smother that fire. I might burn up a pan. That meal definitely probably will be charboiled and not make it. (laughs) But I saved my kitchen and I saved my home by my proper response. We could have responded. My husband could have responded in any number of ways to this. And perhaps we wouldn't be married today. Mm-hmm. I could have responded in any number of ways to this by not owning my, my my part in the role. I could have totally blamed it all on the owner and not took any personal responsibility. Um, but that could have cost me my marriage. That could have cost me uh, my ability to learn. Because me not owning my responsibility, I wouldn't have been open in my thinking to learn not only the next step that I should have taken to, that would have prevented this situation, but I also wouldn't have been positioned to learn other creative real estate investment strategies. I wouldn't have been open to learning from another mentor. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's another point. You know, I noticed through the book that you always seem to be open to um, learning from other people who have stepped into your life and and um, offered you some mentorship and advice, or, you know, in the real estate business or the woman who stood with you in solidarity while, while you were still in school uh, as a younger person. Um, so this, this humility that you have, you and both your husband, both of you had this uh, certain level of humility that allowed you to have a, a teachable spirit. Um, as opposed to being arrogant, um, letting your arrogance match up with your zeal for success <laughs> and, and, and your rejection of wisdom around the table. So um, I say that because often, you know, some folks are so um, um, zealous, as you might want to call it, uh, with their ideas. They think they've got it all together and they shut people out, the people mm-hmm. that can help them. So um, you, you apparently, you and your husband both have always been willing to, to listen to the voice of reason and those who are offering you wise counsel. 
in and through your failures. And we're really grateful for that. And I, and I think um, that that comes from the way that we were raised, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, my husband was, uh, he was born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. However, uh, when he was in high school, his family moved to Mississippi. And um, I was born and raised always in Mississippi. And so we were always surrounded. I say that because... Um, when you're from small town USA, small country town USA, you mm-hmm. tend to be surrounded by a village. And so all of our older cousins, uncles, aunts, extended family always had some input in our life. And so being always surrounded by that older generation and them giving you wisdom, stuff that you don't get to, you get to the red light, you're trying to figure out what they said and what it meant. And then, you know, you have that aha moment. Well, we had that the entire of our life where older generation was always there speaking to us. So it wasn't, I can't say that we were just humble because we were humble. It was just what we were used to, if that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. We were already No, no, accustomed. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I like that you're not bragging on your own humility. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, I really it do. It's one um, of those things that... You know, that respect for your elders and listening to what they have to say, even when you don't want to hear it. Just keep your mouth closed and your ears open. You might learn something. I don't, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that <laughs> growing up. Right, right. Well, no, it's good to listen. I mean, I'm a grown man. I'm, a, I'm an ordained minister. I walked into the church this morning and my pastor told me something I should be doing. <laughs> and and I, I received the counsel, you know. Um, he was giving me advice on what I need to do on this this meeting that I have coming up. So, um, you know, it's great. Um, and there is um, learning through our mistakes. Um, and, you know, at some point, I, I'm feeling that as you guys, you and your husband made went through these mistakes, that at some point you talked about it and and you you came up with the next step. And, and um, that's what's so important. I mean, young folks in young relationships can hit this first obstacle and that could be the nail in the coffin for their entire relationship. So yep. it's good it's good <laughs> that you persevered through the through the storm and 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 made um, made way for progress and, and learning. Then you know we move on to um, the fourth chapter in your book. Um, but before we do that, if there are some people in this room, could you just tell them what um, what inspired and what's the purpose of your book? Thank you for the opportunity. So with um, Redefining Success, eight tools that I've used to develop a growth mindset, the purpose of the book, um, I hope that the reader will take away practical tools that I've used um, and see, because they're applicable, they're easily applicable, that they can take those tools and use them to become the best versions of themselves. Um, I'm hoping that through sharing just a few insights into our life journey, the Monley family, sharing a few insights into our life journey, that not only will the reader absolutely know who they are and who Christ is, but they see their potential and that they begin to pursue their purpose with a passion. So that's that's the overall that's the overall goal is. What, what God has done for me in my house, I know he's no respected persons, and he will do it for you. Uh, wherever you find yourself at in your life journey, when you pick up this book and begin to go through the pages of the book. Mm-hmm. And, and I, would, 
I would even say for the unbeliever people, you know, those that don't believe in Jesus. If you could do what they, you know, as the old people say, if you could pick up this book, chew the meat and spit out the bones. If you don't want to hear the scripture, spit the scripture out. Mm-hmm. But look at those because principles matter. And we, we might can't agree on who God is or if there is a God. But we do know that consistently applying principles works. And you know, I'm so glad. Work. I'm so glad that you mentioned this because um, in my um, in my vocation, my my work experience, I'm a chaplain at a at a um, university. Uh, I work on an interfaith team that consists of uh, you know Jesuit priests, um, uh, Muslim imam. Jewish rabbi myself. So we have these interfaith discussions all the time. And, and mm-hmm. what I wanted to say, I was I was wanted to say it yesterday, was that <clears throat> this book is applicable across all faith traditions. Um, uh, anybody can pick up this book and 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 read the uh, the text and 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 learn from it. Um, you know, I, I I talked with a Muslim friend of mine, an Imam Young. Imam, he's he's right now he's attending Yale Divinity School, and in Connecticut, <coughs> he um, he um, he said to me, you know, um, he introduced me to some passages from the Quran, in which which um, the, there's an entire book devoted to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and I mm-hmm. asked him a question once. I said, I said, come on, listen, um, do you? As a Muslim, do you have any expectation of someone coming back again? You know, as Christians, we believe that. I didn't say this to him, but I believe that Jesus is coming back. And I just asked him if he thought someone was coming back. And if so, who was it? (laughs) And he said, of course, we believe somebody's coming back. And I said, who is it? And he said, it's Jesus. (laughs) So, 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 you know, we, we have great commonalities in our in our belief systems that we yes. have to be careful before we throw everybody away you know um Absolutely. so my point in saying all that was that that this book the principles applied in this book uh, that you can apply from this book are uh, can be applied across all faith traditions and even the non-religious absolutely absolutely because you know ab- above all god is a god of principles mm-hmm He's a God of principles. The scripture tells us he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. Mm-hmm. When we properly apply principles to our life and we consistently do it with a discipline, we get the results that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And, and in most instances, when we're applying those principles, the results give us the exceeding abundance. Mm-hmm. And this book is um, about principles. After, you know, I can't say that going through any of these challenges, I was, you know, wise enough, man, my husband was wise enough to get it. These are what we call in the military the after action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> after all the action has taken place and we're evaluating the situation, this is what we were able to pull out. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what I meant by grow through. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just go through something and you'll find yourself going through the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. But when you grow through it, you won't keep repeating that same mistake. Why? Because you'll learn the principle and you'll learn how not to do that again. But most importantly, you'll learn how you found yourself in that position in the first place. So you'll mm-hmm. begin to do the things necessary not to hit that repeat button. Mm-hmm. Now, 
challenges will still happen. And as we go through the different challenges, you make up your mind, am I going to grow through it? Or am I going to just continually go through it? Right. The goal should be we are growing through every challenge that we face and learning how to properly apply principles. And some principles are universal. And like you said, doesn't matter your faith system or lack of faith system. Some principles are universal and they just work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so as you talk about, you know, self-innovation, your, your fourth chapter and creating your future self now, um, again, we need to review where we are, how we got to where we are. And, and, and don't forget about it, but embrace, embrace our own personal history, as long as your collective history as a people. Um, uh, there's a quote that this talks about, um, this quote I'm gonna read from a Jamar Tisby. It says this, he's, he wrote this, he says, the past, and I want us to think about our past lived experience. Um, mm-hmm. It says the past unavoidably impacts the present. If we want to, and he's talking about racial justice, but he says, if we want to pursue racial justice today, then we need to know what happened in the past to create the circumstances of the present. Because history, history provides the vital context to pursue solutions that are rooted in a firm understanding in the causes and consequences of racism. So how does, how do I'm saying this relates to what what you're saying in your book is that our own personal histories provide the vital context to pursue the solutions um, that give us an understanding of how we got where we are and what we need Absolutely. to move on. Um, and Absolutely. you say, you put it like this, you say taking an, an introspective look at where we went wrong helps us to recalibrate and align our present choices with the successes we envision for the future. So mm-hmm. when you go through that process of, of introspective um, observation, let's say, looking at what you went, where you went wrong, has that, can that be a problem with people being able to do that? Absolutely it can. <laughs> it, it absolutely can be a problem. If, we're, if a person is not ready mentally, emotionally, spiritually, to take that hard look at ourselves, then we won't we won't do it we won't receive it well we won't we won't be able to view it well and unfortunately our current culture of living in our truth mm-hmm. um hinders a lot of people from being 100 percent honest with themselves because mm-hmm. a, you know i won't say everybody but it's a common thing in, in, in this cancel culture it's a common mm-hmm. thing not to take personal responsibility for your actions. Mm-hmm. While you live in your truth, there are consequences to you living your truth and experiencing your truth. But you don't want to take the be, be um, responsible for that. And that is a mindset shift that has to take place. It, it's a growth, a personal growth that has to take place. Um, I'll say it requires a great deal of emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, and so uh, for me, in in that self innovation and, and things that I like to share with my clients is growing in emotional intelligence and learning how to take personal responsibility for the adult decisions that we make 
and assuming the responsibility for the adult size consequences that we're experiencing because of those adult size decisions that we made, that's real growth. That's real maturity. And we need to do that every day, just not sometimes. You know, when you when you wrote about emotional intelligence, um, I really like one one part where you mentioned that you realize that if your own um, Let's say if you were in a place of, uh, it's, first of all, it's very important to pay attention to the inner movements within you, right? And, it is. And, and, and if you, if you um, or otherwise they can just happen and drive you crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you said that you realize that they, sometimes you realize that your emotional um, state could actually affect, be a, a barometer for the whole family. Absolutely. 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 You know, we are with as as parents, we all have we both have a role to play in the culture or the climate of our household. And, you know, I may make some women mad on here in a minute and you know, I don't uh, my intent is not to make anyone upset, it's just I'm sharing my story. What I realized was in my God-given role, one of my God-given assignments as a wife and a mother, I am like the barometer for my house or the thermometer, if you will, for my home. Whether I like it or not, the vibe that I'm doing, that I'm carrying, my energy level, whatever you want to ascribe to, it sets the tone for my house. So if I'm, so what I'm saying is if mama is angry, then everybody on edge you trying to figure out why mama angry. If mama sad, everybody in the house kind of on eggshells a little bit, you know, wise. And when I say on eggshells, I don't mean like they're, they're cowering in fear or anything like that. But they're very aware of my emotional condition mm-hmm. for my, my husband and my children. And so it took me a long time to figure that out, uh, Reverend Gover. And once I figured that out, that was, that was growth for me. That was me taking another step in going in emotional intelligence that I realized, wow, when I'm swinging way to the left or to the right, or when I'm going from zero to 100, that is not just impacting me. That's impacting my household and how mm-hmm. they respond to me or choose not to respond to me with the lessons that I'm trying to teach or the things you know that I'm trying to impart, depending on where I was would definitely determine whether my children were receptive to those lessons. Mm-hmm. Now, because of the way that we raised them, they would never be disrespectful, but they could respectfully not listen to me and not receive anything that I was saying, and I would never know it because I was so deep in my emotions and mm-hmm. allowing my emotions to dictate me and, and not being aware of, you know, my own well-being like I'm not even aware of the the situations that I'm creating and because I'm not even aware of myself and mm-hmm. I'm not knowing how to control myself I definitely was not 100% aware of the emotional state of each one of my children so listen my my um my friend my imam my muslim imam friend he he told me he shared with me one one day you know he talked about the word jihad right mm-hmm. when we hear mm-hmm. that word we think about um, terrorists wanting to kill mm-hmm. all the unbelieving infidels, right? Right, he's, and that's the he's, he, of the truth. Yeah, he said to me, he <laughs> said, uh, Jay, he says, listen, um, 
the greatest jihad is within yourself. Mm. <laughs> and, and, and it's a battle that's going on. And, and, and part of that battle is that um, paying attention and being discerning when it comes to the movements or the emotional, the, the inner movements within you. Uh, and, uh -huh. and, and how they can, um, you know, uh, one question that we should ask is, why am I feeling this way? First of all, exactly. what has triggered me to feel like this? And, and you know something, to, to, to be quite honest with you, um, in the church, as a, as, a, as a Christian, when you are taking a, or about to take communion, um, this is some, they say that the communion service should be preceded by self-examination. Mm -hmm. And you should take a look at yourself, <laughs> not only in your relationship with Christ, right? Not only with your relationship with Christ, but your relationship with the people around you and yourself. So, so, mm -hmm. um, so this, this introspective look where you're taking a look at what's went on in your life and, and looking to recalibrate and, and realign uh, your choices with the excesses that you envision for the future. It's all about self-examination. It's all about recognizing and and understanding that you have emotion, emotional emotions that yes. move to the left or to the right, and you uh -huh. just have to figure out whether that's good or bad, whether yes. they're taking you a place that are your emotions driving you to a place that draw you away from God and goodness and well-being for your family? Or are you um, being drawn to, to closer to God and closer to your family through these emotional movements? It's a very uh, important point. Absolutely. And, you know, here's the thing. A lot of times, and, and I will say this within the charismatic church, um, mm -hmm. um, you, you, make a, you made a several good points earlier about the necessity of learning. <clears throat> and uh, I can grow up and want to be a nurse, but I cannot be a nurse if I don't go to school to get the proper training. Uh, mm -hmm. And then after going to school to get that proper training, pass the proper certification courses so that we can make sure we don't kill nobody, right? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't. You can't give them the wrong medicine. You can't use the wrong gauge needle uh, to to draw mm -hmm. their blood. Just so many different things. We understand that in the natural, but we tend not to understand that in the body of Christ because everybody got a call to give. And they've been anointed. Roger that, got it, tracked, and however, there needs to be some training. And what do I mean? And as leaders in the body of Christ, just like within our secular day-to-day -day jobs, where we have to get that necessary training in order to be promoted to the next level, you know, even to be qualified to put your application mm -hmm. in for the job, mm -hmm. we should do that within the body of Christ. Um, as well, because at sometimes in the charismatic community, we get so caught up in the emotion and responding mm -hmm. out of the emotion that we cannot discern the difference between the move of God, the will mm -hmm. of God, and what feels good to me in my position. Amen. Amen. I, I found myself making that mistake. Well, let me mm -hmm. say, I didn't find myself making that mistake. I was making that mistake. Mm -hmm. And everybody mm -hmm. who tried to point it out that I was making that mistake, um, because it was acceptable, the mistake that I was making, mm -hmm. I was, I kept doing it, so I thought that they were wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful that God graced me in seven years. <laughs> in the eighth year, He gave me a new beginning. Seven mm -hmm. years I did this. Seven years I took my family through this. 
And in the ACA, well, you know, the new beginning. <laughs> well, you know, um, um, one of my ch a challenge for for me and and with the young people in the church today is now I love music. I'm a musician. I play the guitar, um, um, but you know, worship and praise is not the end of the story right. when it comes to the gospel. So when you go to church. And, you know, people are lifting their hands and singing and praising. That's all wonderful. Mm -hmm. Or doing laps around the church. You know, <laughs> that's all wonderful. <laughs> but but that's not the end of the story. Absolutely not. I heard a preacher say it, and I just loved it so much. He said, listen, it's not how high you can jump. It's how straight you can walk. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Because here's the thing. Do you know why you're jumping? Yeah. <laughs> do you know why you're shouting? Right. Do you do you do you really understand now? You know the miracles that you receive and the blessings that you receive. Can't nobody deny or tell you that God has not been good to you. Mm -hmm. They they can't tell you that. And I, and and let me be transparent. I jump with the best of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I shout with the best of them. Mm -hmm. But for seven years, I was doing it based off of you know the emotions and the feelings. Now, when I first mm -hmm. did it, let me, being raised in the Baptist, uh, in, the in the division of the Baptist uh, denomination that I was raised in, mm -hmm. that was unseemly. So I didn't see a lot of that growing up. So when I did as an adult and I joined the non-denominational ministry, Transparency, Reverend Glover, we were, I wouldn't come to church for about an hour. The first hour, I wouldn't come because... Oh, these people are crazy. Mm -hmm. What are they doing in here? And why are they doing it? It makes no sense. I only came when it was time for the preaching, and mm -hmm. I would leave before the benediction. Right. I'd leave before the altar call because I I didn't like it. After mm -hmm. I, I had my encounter with the Lord, that shifted and changed. But it could become addictive that that euphoric feeling. Mm -hmm. It can become addictive, and that's when you find people looking for that all the time. And mm -hmm. so instead of learning the will of God through learning the word of God mm -hmm. and learning their own intimate relationship with God through the word and through prayer, they only feel that God is moving if they get that feeling, if they can jump, if they can shout, if somebody comes and touch them and lays hands on them. Mm -hmm. and say something to them but then even in the midst of them saying well you done fell out on the floor baby how you know what they said right 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 so right. the lord just gonna slay you before you hear what he got to say right. unless the person behind you wrote it down like there were so many things so many bad practices mm -hmm. we, we didn't grow like we didn't go good from bread from bread eater um i mean from milk to bread to meat we kind of mm -hmm. get stuck in that milk and then when it's time to go to the bread and to the meat, uh, uh, um, immaturity says, oh, you're doing too much. That's not it. I, I don't need that. You know, I don't need that extra teaching. I don't need to understand the homiletics, the homiletics. I don't need to understand the correct exegesis of the word. Like, I don't need to understand that. Yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, fine. You don't go to a seminary and get it, but it's some leaders that have seminary backgrounds should be there to teach you why, so that I can properly expound on the word of God. We're the study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman. That mm -hmm. study part is important. 
Right. It's the first thing, right? That's right. Well, you know, you said you wrote here in your book, you wrote that, uh, I'm going to read a quote. It says, as the inner me became fortified by the word of God, I broke free from strongholds that burdened my heart and mind. Mm-hmm. So um, it wasn't just that you um, danced your way into liberation. No, I didn't. Okay, you I didn't did sing your way into liberation. Those things are great, but mm-hmm. we are... We do base out, you know, God reveals himself to us through his word. It's a, his self-disclosure towards humanity comes through his word, just like your self-disclosure is coming through this book that you've written. You're revealing, your, your, and you're very transparent about it. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's stuff that you didn't put in the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yes. <laughs> I have things that I don't even want to talk about. I don't even want to remind myself about Yes, it's the things that I really rather not. Praise God, we've been delivered, set free, and we're Amen. moving forward. Amen. But 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 we've been liberated from the things that are holding us back from striving to be um, to live better lives. And our guidance comes from the Word of God. And even the Word of God, you need you don't need to be holed up in, in by yourself reading this Bible because you might walk away with some strange interpretations. You really need to be prayerful about it. and get some good guidance. Absolutely. I think the book of Acts tells us very clearly how we're not supposed to do that. You Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. In the book of Acts. And and I think one of the things that we we fail as Western, and our Western way of thinking, that we fail to realize that um, Jesus was Jewish. Mm -hmm. Like, we realize it, but we don't give it enough. Mm -hmm. We don't weigh that right. Jesus was Jewish. He wasn't American. He wasn't European. He was Jewish. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the disciples were Jewish men. Mm-hmm. And so right. as Jewish men and Jewish tradition and custom, the knowledge of the word was, you know, they didn't have a choice. They had to learn the Torah. It was their life. Mm-hmm. And in Eastern culture, their religions are their life. Like, we look at the way that uh, Sharia law mm-hmm. is done within, with our Muslim brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. The Sharia law, the, the Quran, the word of the Quran is the law. Mm-hmm. That's the same way it was in Israel. Mm-hmm. And we're worshiping the God of Israel, right? Mm-hmm. So we, this word has got to be that for us. And mm-hmm. they spent their entire life learning this. The, you know, the uh, Peter, Paul, and all of the guys. Uh, well, especially Paul. Paul was very learned before he had his his transformation. From Saul was very learned before he had his transformation of Paul. Mm-hmm. We need to mimic that. We need to be very learned in this word. They knew this word. Well, you know, I say this about Paul. Since you brought all of that up, I'm, I'm going to have to jump in on that one. Um, we, you know, I I started out this conversation talking about that Saul's conversion, as they say. But I have to caution the, the, the reader. I mean, those are the biblical editor's um, inserts, like Paul's conversion to Christianity. There was no mm-hmm. such thing as Christianity. I, think, on, that, I think that Paul, Saul, confer- when, when they say he converted, what he converted to was the, realis- his, um, the realization of his messianic expectation being yes. fulfill- fulfilled in Christ. Come on, sir. Come on. So he they, wasn't they, converting they, to Christianity because it didn't exist mm-mm. yet. It didn't exist yet. 
Come on, man. We, it, Christianity is a term that was given to Jewish people mm -hmm. who believed that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was Lord. These men and women were Jewish in faith. Right. They did not stop believing in the Torah. Right. Um, um, the, the, the way, as a matter of fact, you know, they, before they were referred to as Christians, they were referred to as the way. And this was, in fact, another sectarian group that was considered to be Jewish. Mm -hmm. You know, just like the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the um, Zakaris, all these different groups, uh, the way was another one. So it was really a Jewish story. And we have to remember that because as we, as we read today, we like to plug in um, Jesus everywhere in the mm -hmm. Bible. And sometimes the authors, the ones who wrote the book, weren't talking about Jesus. <laughs> they, were, they were talking about the language of their history and their religion. And, and we have the, of course, we have the opportunity and the, and the, to, to apply our meaning to these things. But we just need to keep the Jewishness of Jesus in, 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 in our place. Yes. I, think, I think Howard Thurman wrote a book called The Jewishness of Jesus. This is it. This is it. And that when we put that in proper perspective, you know, like a common theme right now is the whitewashing of Christianity. And I believe that that is a theme. But far above the whitewashing of Christianity, um, I would say it's the westernizing of Christianity that mm -hmm. does damage. Right. right. Because we're looking at it and receiving it through our Western lenses, through our Western way of thinking. Right. And that causes problems. Mm-hmm. That causes problems in the proper interpretation of the scripture. And that's why it's so important um, to have individuals within our local assemblies that understand how to break that down to the everyday believer so that we are not believing and reading the passages amiss. And so that we're not continuing to teach things in error and have people you know, within within our charismatic arena, you know, that belief system that I can praise my way or I can shout my way or I can sing my way. Yes, you're going to do that with some stuff. That, to get free of that, because if that's the way God has to initially get your attention, he got your attention, but you mm -hmm. have to grow. You mm -hmm. have to grow. Right, you you have mm -hmm. to grow. When I didn't believe that there was a such thing as the Holy Ghost, right. I didn't believe that in the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. So the mm -hmm. Lord had to allow an occasion to happen to me so that I could then believe. Mm -hmm. Now after that occasion, I had to grow, mm -hmm. and we have to go past that and know and, and know that, um, like you said. In, in the book of Acts, they went from house to house, breaking bread and having all things common. They continued to study this word, not just individually, but as groups. Mm -hmm. And there were people in these groups who could expound on the word, you know, that could teach. There were great teachers and, and learned men and women that taught the scriptures. We have to submit ourselves to that. And, but we also have to be careful of... of and be discernful about, you know, when we read the scriptures, it's and especially the epistles, it's like we're reading someone else's mail. Mm, and, mm. and, you know, we're, so I'll be real specific here. When you, when you read okay. things like women shouldn't talk in the church <laughs> <laughs> or, or women shouldn't be teachers or leaders or, or a woman's salvation comes through her childbearing. 
Listen, mm. <laughs> there, there, were, there were parts of the, um, those household codes that mm -hmm. came from Roman law. Come and, on now. And, and, and we, so we have to be careful about snatching pieces of, of things that are written and making doctrine out of it. Yes. Um, you know, so yes. so it's 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 a prayer. That's why when we read our Bibles, we have especially to the new believer, we have to be prayerful about it and, and try to read um uh giving giving God the opportunity to speak to you and not so much what you see on television. Mm -hmm. You know, as I, I love being a Christian. I, I I would say that probably the one drawback to that I would see is Christianity is probably, and I don't know every religion. Let me put that, I don't know every religion. But some of the major religions that I am a bit familiar with, you have to submit yourself to years of learning mm -hmm. before you're ever allowed. You know, people like to make fun of Jehovah's Witness and Mormons, but they have a discipline right. that we need to imitate. Right, absolutely. You're just not going out there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. as, a, as a Mormon man or a Mormon woman. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you're, you're not going out there. You're, as a Jehovah's Witness, you're not going out there until you've submitted to all of that training so that they will know without a shadow of doubt you understand their doctrine. Mm -hmm. And you are mm -hmm. able to teach it. And if you've ever spoken to either one, and even uh, we, even within the black Muslim community, you're just not going out there. You're just not getting a bow tie, bow tie and a bean pie and some traps mm -hmm. until you know. Mm -hmm. And they are all really good at not overstepping. So if you mm -hmm. hit a point that they know they can't expound on, they're starting to come to your house, they're bringing the elder. You know, I, I you mentioned Who can the, expound uh, on that. You, you <laughs> mentioned the um, you mentioned the the bean pie and the bow tie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, the the brother that liked the comment that I, I pointed out to you, um, the brother Cummings, he he um, he was in, along in the entertainment business just like I was. He was one of the Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes singing with Teddy Pendergrass, and he he was a um, out in Philly. There were a lot of Muslim brothers in the nation of Islam, um, and he was he was uh, really inspired by the. the what he saw in the nation of Islam, and he became very close to to Louis Farrakhan, and 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 he began to look like Louis Farrakhan, <laughs> and, and 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 um, but now he's a preacher of the, of the Christian Christian faith, and he um, he's he's certainly a blessing to the community. Uh, I just want to share that with you because you had to go ahead and mention the bean pie and the bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> So, so um, why don't you give us some closing words for, you know, creating your future self? Now, you know, I heard it. I was, you know, I've spent about 35 years in the international banking community um, um, down on Wall Street. And, um, All right. And, I need and, to, uh, me and my husband need to come take some notes from you, sir. Well, <laughs> you know, we were in international business. So, so um, one of the things that we, we, we talked about was, you know, when you're making a plan, or strategy to start from the end. Start mm -hmm. start out where you want to be. Yeah. And work your way back. What do you got to mm -hmm. do to get there? Mm -hmm. So what do you think about creating your future self now? If you could just, you got like three minutes here. What what could you say about that? For, so far as me creating my future self? Yes. Oh, wow. So 
So as far as me creating my future self, we, we do look at the end and work our way uh, forward. We know what we want to accomplish in the next 10 years. And we map out a plan to get there. And and, and we have milestones. We have road markers or that you will do out. Ben likes to call them do outs. Mm-hmm. And when we hit those do outs, we make the necessary adjustment and we move forward to that next do out. But the thing that we do most along the way is we count it all joy. We have an attitude of gratitude for every small milestone that we make. So we've broken it down from not just that year, you know, that five years out, that 10 years out, that's a big number. So we break it down to this is the goal that we're going to accomplish this week. And Mm -hmm. in order to accomplish it this week, this is what I need to accomplish every day. And Mm -hmm. we make it a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So that as we do, as we are growing in that lifestyle, hitting that five-year goal and that 10-year goal, it doesn't become overwhelming. And it's a target that you hit every time because we've broken it down to a daily goal, a weekly goal, a monthly goal, quarterly goal. And we have those um, after actions um, at the end of every quarter and so far as business is concerned at the end of every quarter so we can see where the holes in the vacuum are and fill those holes mm-hmm. and continue to move forward and we do the same thing with our family mm-hmm. we do the so same it's all about it's about assessment absolutely absolutely it's about assessment and, and having those uh, the learning communication learning how to communicate with one another so we can, that effective communication, regular communication between Ben and myself and between us and our children, because we have adult children now, but they're still very much a part of why we do what we do. And having those those conversations with them. Amen. Well, um, Dr. Mondi, I want to thank you for coming on. If you haven't um, gotten her book, it's available on Amazon. It's Redefining Success. Um, it's a practical guide to developing a, um, a mindset that will lead you to a path of, of um, liberation, as I like to call it. Those are my words. And, and um, uh, I wouldn't hesitate to get it. She's, I know she's working on a second book, but you really should get the first one. And check her out on her websites. And she's on um, uh, Instagram and Facebook. She's all over the place. Uh, I, I really appreciate her being here, and I wish her all the best with this new book that's coming out. And I would like to continue to look at the rest of the chapters in this book, if she's available um, on next week. And you know, if, if, you. if you're available, <laughs> I really want to try to just give this the attention that it needs. And um, with that, uh, I would just pray that God would prosper those in the listening audience and, and that you would, um, as, as Dr. Monley um, brought to our attention, take a look introspectively look at look at yourself look at where you are look at how you got where you are and and look at where you want to be and now don't forget that she didn't leave god out the picture she was talking a lot about some very practical approaches to and through business experience but she also has a close relationship with god who is her her leader and her guider through the storms of life so once again i just pray that your blessing that god's blessing is is on your life and and God's favor shines on you. And um, I think I have somebody here who's coming back. Hello there. Uh, We have Laquita, did you come back? 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just wanted to uh, thank you so much for allowing me um, to talk about my book, uh, giving me this opportunity. I absolutely love these conversations and definitely will be back. And, um, you know, as you said, I am on most social, uh, most every major social media platform. So those in the listening audience, if you want to connect, please feel free to connect with me here on Wisdom. Uh, you can, if you uh, follow my profile, I do follow back. You will find my link tree as well as my podcast, the Cruises Toolbox. Um, and if you send me a DM on any of my social media platforms, I'm the person that manages it, so I will message you back. Um, and as Reverend Glover has mentioned, my book is on Amazon. Uh, right now, I am giving some free giveaways, uh, uh, copies, Kindle versions of my book. So if you go to my website at www.laquitamonley.com, um, the first five individuals that uh, go to the website, you'll be able to see free ebook right there um, on the homepage. If you put your information in, opt in. I'm traveling at the moment, but the first five that I see, uh, once I get home, we're dropping my son off at college. Um, in college, he's got to take summer two classes, and he's a football player for Hardin Simmons University here in Abilene, Texas. So. We're starting their football training as well, so we're dropping him off right now. That's all the movement you've been hearing. But as soon as we get back home, I will check and see who's registered to receive those free ebooks, and I'll get that email sent out to you uh, with those free ebooks. All, all I ask is that once you download it, send me a screenshot so that I can post it on my social media because, you know, social proof is everything. So I'd love that opportunity. And if you like what you see, consider leaving me an Amazon review because those reviews are always great. Amen. Well, with that, I'm going to say goodbye to the audience and, and Dr. Molly, thank you for coming in again and we'll see you next time. I really enjoyed the talk yesterday. Thank um, you for yesterday. <laughs> I, you know, it was, um, it was wonderful to see that you have so much support and people being um, taking such a uh, liking to the content of the book, not just the idea that you wrote a book it's not it's more than just friends coming out to support you it is that but it's also that the content is worthy of the attention that it, that it's getting um and i like the way it's written it's not written in an in an over scholarly um language that that everyday folk can't understand <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know um i really like that about the book um and it's sound it's wise counsel especially for not only adults but for young people as well Mm. Um, Thank you. And, and, and again, I believe that it's, it's applicable across faith traditions. Um, I, don't, I don't care if you're a Jewish, Muslim, or non-religious. I think that the principles in the book um, can be applied to your life and lead you to a path of, of, of freedom. So having said that, I'm going to um, close out and just uh, invite everybody to come back next Sunday at this same time, and we shall be here. God bless you, and see you next time. God bless you, sir. Thank you.